Welcome everyone, we are here at the end of the Grow Africa um, Investment Forum in Cape Town. And the third day we're very privileged to have with us Geoffrey Kirenga, who is the Chief Executive Officer of the SACOD Center in Tanzania. The SACOD is the Southern Agricultural Growth Corridor of Tanzania, which is a very important multi-stakeholder partnership uh, to improve uh, food security uh, in the region in Eastern Africa. So, um, Mr. Kirenga, what is your general feeling and assessment about how this uh, particular forum went? How did you find it useful uh, given your objectives in the SACOS? Um, thank you very much, Mr. Rampa, um, for giving me this opportunity. Um, this is my third year that I'm attending the Grow Africa Forum. Um, it's where it was well attended by many countries from Africa and as well as uh, many businesses. Um, this is a public-private partnership and you see good discussions, good insights about what needs to do to be done to develop agriculture in Africa, to develop business, to strengthen business between African countries and also Africa with the rest of the world and our traditional trading partners, particularly Europe. So it has been a very successful meeting. Um, you see businesses and businesses in Africa creating relationships but also you see businesses and businesses uh, from outside Africa as well creating relationships and learning from each other and not only in Europe but also in Asia you also know that there is now Grow Asia which came out of Grow Africa experience so it is a great opportunity to exchange, connect, uh, get aligned in order to have um, um, a, a better future for the agriculture and food security in the world for example, in a, for, a, for an important platform like the SACOT, which is exactly about making sure the public and the private sector work together to strengthen food security in Tanzania and the whole Eastern African region, what concretely uh, you achieved uh, in this particular week? Did you manage to talk to more investors or what is it that you really got out? Um, there are many, many things that we have achieved. First of all, for, for us who are practitioners, it's very important to reach out and talk to your colleagues in other countries. Uh, you know, Grow Africa is involving around uh, 10 countries in Africa. Therefore, if I listen to my colleague in Mozambique, in Ethiopia, or in Nigeria, in Ghana, and I hear them talking about what they are doing with the farmers and food security and the investment, it gives me confidence that what I'm doing in Tanzania is also the correct thing. Therefore, we are recharging our batteries. That is one. The other issue is actually learning new development, opportunities, technologies, um, and many of these are actually within the business community. And you talk to the managers, the, the CEOs of the companies, and these are the decision makers. So you connect with them and you look for solutions, not only for, for Sarkot um, as an institution, but also for my partners. We do have eight uh, partners in Tanzania that we are working with. And uh, this provides an opportunity, and I'm taking home some very good suggestions to my partners. And this is how uh, we work. Thank you. Very interesting. In fact, we had also um, uh, yesterday a panel uh, that I moderated in particular to discuss with the regional economic communities, uh, the farmers' organization, private investors, how to achieve the very ambitious target that the heads of state have set for themselves in terms of the Malabo Declaration and the importance of um, for food security in Africa in the future to triple 
intra-Africa trade in agricultural goods and services. Of course, that's a quite a big challenge, and you yourself posed the question, and we didn't have a lot of time to really discuss it, unfortunately. How can we be more concrete, and what can the regional economic communities, with the support of others, achieve that strengthening of agricultural trade? So can you give me two or three ideas of what can be done uh, to strengthen uh, intra-regional trade in Africa? Um, thank you. And you, you being a person from Europe, and uh, Europe has got a very strong and also uh, long relationship with the African continent. Uh, many of your countries have got relationship with the Eastern, with, uh, English and uh, Portuguese speaking countries. Others have got relationship with the Western African countries that speaks English or French and uh, also the southern part of the continent that speaks um, English and uh, traditionally these regions have not been necessarily reaching out to each other because of the historical relationship. The ties are more with the outside world rather than within Africa and uh, to the extent that the, the trade and relationships in Africa are actually lower than one would have expected. Um, now the time has come for Africa to look on, upon itself and see what is it that we can do with each other in, in particular in increasing trade and you know for trade there are many things that need to be done first of course removal of the the barriers to trade technical and non-technical barriers that's fine we have very good uh, recommendations and also instruments that we have developed but it's also true that uh, we need physical infrastructure in order to connect the countries to connect the regions to connect the customers uh, from the production areas to the consumption areas um, therefore railways roads airports seaports are very very important and uh, we need um, protocols between our countries that will allow that trade to flow from one region to another and um, some of the structures and infrastructures have not been created to successfully uh, contribute to that. Therefore, this is a challenge. But also, it's important to note that um, in addition to infrastructure, there is a very, very important role, that is the role of the leadership, to be willing to work together. And platforms like Grow Africa, the regional economic organizations, as well as uh, as the, the farmers' organization and businesses, provide these opportunities to happen. I would like to add one more thing, and that is what we discussed yesterday, that Africa traditionally, particularly for the agricultural sector and as well as the extractive sectors, we have been selling the raw materials. Uh, and these raw materials are being processed outside the continent and then traded again in the continent. Um, what we need to do now, and that's expensive, you know, some of them, most of them are bulky materials and do not allow the trade to, to be done successfully. Now, for African countries to trade, we must now start thinking about adding value. Okay, if you, va you add value to an agricultural commodity, First of all, you preserve and reduce the post-harvest losses. Secondly, you are putting them in, in a more compact form, which means that it's easily exchangeable. And thirdly, it's just value added. You create demand for that particular product. I think by adding value in Africa, within Africa, 
and creating infrastructure and have leadership and people connected using African-owned initiatives and organizations will allow for trade to be increased. This is a more practical mm -hmm. way. We have done enough meetings and conferences yes. and enough talking about barriers. Now we need to implement that. We, we applaud the support of some of your, your member countries in Europe to support, uh, to have a free flow of materials and also to have better, uh, better uh, border uh, facilitation facilities rather than having multiple points that also um, support in the, in the construction of infrastructure. Um, also support and partnership in the in the in the trade itself. Um, we need we need we need investment from Europe that brings in knowledge, experience, and capital to in the in the areas of value addition. There's growth in the continent, um, unlike many other parts of the world. So um, I take this opportunity to welcome the European businesses to come and work with the African counterparts in this particular area of development. And you think that, for example, Grow Africa, which is today, as you said, mostly a platform for country-level work, could be also a way for the regional economic communities to get more structural engagement with the private sector? In other, in other words, you would recommend that Grow Africa becomes more structurally engaging the regional economic communities to achieve the tripling intra-Africa trade target? Is that a good model? It is not either way. Both has to be done. You know, for regional economic com uh, communities, when it, when it comes to meetings, uh, more often than not, it's the meetings of the government officials, public sector officials. But in these meetings that grow Africa, it brings those officials in those organizations and the private sector to come to work together as eco-partners, okay? And, uh, and that broadens and also enhances and give more, more, more opportunities for success rather than just talking and, uh, and, uh, and the implementation takes longer than expected. Good. And I think another important part, of course, that we are discussing in general in platforms like here in Grow Africa and the CADEP in general is how one region of Africa can learn from another region. And of course now there is a lot of discussions also in uh, West Africa to replicate a very good example of Eastern and Southern Africa in terms of uh, strengthening uh, the growth uh, through uh, corridor development. Do you think that the model of SAGCOT could be replicated in, in countries in West Africa? Is this something you would welcome? Would be willing to share some of those lessons? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Sagot as an initiative have got issues which we take as our flagship issues. Um, for, for our partners, we tell them that if you want to become a partner in Sagot, you have to consider three most important things. One, in, the, in your investment, you have to contribute significantly to food security and nutrition. And secondly, you must use um, approaches that are inclusive. The people that are living in a particular area where the investment is taking place must be part of that investment. And thirdly, you must do it in a sustainable way. You should not damage the environment that you are working in. And uh, these principles can be applied and can be taken up in many countries. We see it now happening in Ethiopia, in Kenya, in Rwanda, in Mozambique, 
um, in Malawi, in Nigeria, in Ghana, in Burkina Faso, and now I'm told that Senegal is coming on board. So, good numbers in Western Africa are already applying this because what we want is actually responsible investment, responsible to the people of Africa, responsible to the environment. So, it's, it's, it's an opportunity for allowing broader participation in development. Uh, and it's not like using the previous models where you create an island of prosperity surrounded by a sea of poverty. This is an inclusive approach and it's also transformative that the people that we work with, the smallholder farmers and the businesses that are facilitating them, um, actually allows and gives an opportunity to permanently lift the participating individuals, farmers and businesses out of poverty. Very good. And the impl implementation of SACOT so far, uh, the progress, uh, can you give us an example of a particular uh, food uh, product or, or value chain that is actually progressing thanks to the improvement on the infrastructure and the software around the infrastructure that you as SACOT Center are facilitating? Just an example of one or two particular sectors where this is happening and it's spilling okay. over to the borders and moving faster than others. Yeah, this is, this is a third or fourth years of implementation of SACOT. And normally in agricultural development, um, it's a very short time for someone to have a development right from the scratch. But thanks enough, uh, thanks God that our approach is robust enough. Now we can say confidently that we do have our own successes on the ground. First, um, we have managed to mobilize uh, businesses and also uh, public partners in the Sarkot Initiative. And in Tanzania, we have 84 partners to date that are working with us. And uh, amongst those, um, they have pledges. They are pledges of about one billion US dollars for investment in agriculture and food security. Uh, and as well as uh, around 30% of that is being invested right now. I can give you examples of value chains that we have worked on, for example in, in rice, maize and soya, and as well as in livestock. Um, let me give you an example of the rice crop. Um, in, in one area, central Tanzania, called the Morogoro, um, there is an investment uh, where you have an impact investor now working with 7,000 farmers. Uh, three years ago, when he started working with them, um, the smallholder farmers we are getting production of around 650 kilos of paddy per hectare in rain-fed conditions. Now, under the same rain-fed conditions, by just applying good agricultural practice with limited uh, external inputs, these farmers are getting between 3.5 to 5 tons per hectare, 5.6 tons per hectare. So this is a great, um, and on average these farmers are owning now 3 hectares. So for this farmer, in the previous production system, he was actually not producing, or she, he or she was not producing enough to eat, to feed the family. Now, they are talking about surplus production. Their question is not what am I going to eat tomorrow, it's actually what, where am I going to sell the surplus crop. Therefore, they are talking about warehouses and in the field, because the farms are now more productive, they are talking about um, how can I develop systems that can reduce the drudgery of labor. Okay, like planting, land preparation, uh, weeding, and as well as harvesting. And they are now talking to the government to repair the roads. 
okay, and they are, com yeah. they are collaborating with the impact investor in that particular area. The road is being repaired, and electricity, they are asking for electricity so that they can start milling their own rice. This is a completely different picture. Three years ago, these people, half of the year, they had not sufficient to eat. And now you see this happening to the soya producer, to the maize producer, uh, poultry keepers, and many, many farmers in the tea industry as well. The productivity is going to be more than three times more. I uh, also the price because the products have a better quality, the price is also a better price. So the transformation is already happening. Thank you very much. Maybe Mr. Kiranga, my last question would be about the issue of potential tensions that uh, you hear uh, in general on, on, on the African continent when it comes to foreign investment in certain parts of Africa there have been uh, accusations to foreign investors to grab land. What do you think is the role of uh, initiatives like SACOT and also maybe of internationally agreed principle of responsible investment? You said yourself you have your own criteria to judge investment. Do you think the responsible agriculture investment principle adopted, for example, by the World Committee on Food Security, the CFS, is going to be useful to convince everyone in the communities that there is no problem of land grabbing? How do you see this yeah. debate? Um, the, my, my contribution to this will be in, in developing our initiative in Sakhot, and possibly this is why many countries are actually looking at it very carefully, is that we have listened to what our people are saying. We have listened to those people that are working towards protecting the rights of the farmers. And we have included in our model their concerns. When we say inclusive development, you cannot be inclusive if you are taking the land away from the people. So we are not investing in, in, in we are not bringing in partners that are actually taking or grabbing land. We are not bringing in partners that will go and put production system that will not be uh, self-sustaining or destructive to environment. We will not welcome investment that will not contribute to wealth creation and food security. Therefore, we are providing a solution and a vehicle that actually can guard the African continent and our people away from those kinds of investments. So when you become a partner of SACOT, we really look at you carefully on your models and the things that you want to use, your investment, and there is a scrutiny. And when we are satisfied that your investment is a responsible investment, that's when you come on board. So we're providing an alternative rather than people um, just uh, shouting and um, getting scared to invest. Then you're providing a vehicle whereby responsible businesses can come on board and make sure that uh, they're doing the production investments in a way that everybody responsible is expected to perform. That is what Yusakot is. And we are uh, trying to communicate to many people that um, have not been very familiar with what you're doing. Please come. We share with you whatever that you are doing. We are a very, very, very open organization. We can take you where the, the investment is happening and you talk to the people and you can see what is happening. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Kiranga, for this very insightful conversation. And we do hope that the example of SACOT can progress and that this can be an example for the whole of Africa, in particular in the strengthening of intra-regional trade.